booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. WABC News Time is 5 o'clock. Good morning. It's Tuesday, February 21st. I'm Noam Layden. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Rain today, high 48. Tonight and overnight clear, low 35. And then Wednesday, clouds, afternoon showers, high 44. If you're walking out the door with us right now, you'll need an umbrella because it's 39 and raining. So much to get to on this Tuesday morning. I had this moment, though, that so many of you have had, and you'll probably say, where have you been? I walked into Walgreens yesterday right here on the east side, two blocks away from our studios. I was going to pick up something, and there was a guy in the front of the store and uh, where they keep all of their prepared foods. And I watched him as he took um, cut-up watermelon. His choices were just amazing. He took uh, cut-up watermelon pieces, which my first thought was, oh, it's always cheaper to buy the whole watermelon than the cut-up pieces, because that's besides the point. He gets the cut-up pieces of watermelon, and he shoves it into his jacket, and then he takes a big container of egg salad, and he shoves that into his pocket, and then he looks around twice. He looks at me for a second. We make a little bit of eye contact, and then he walks out of the store. And I was like, wow, this is what everybody's talking about, the shoplifting. I haven't actually seen this happen in person. And um, I thought to myself, does he have a fork? Like, how's he going to eat that? <laughs> but uh, And then I had the other thought was, well, he is stealing food. Not that it's okay to steal anything, but if you're stealing food, maybe he's just hungry. But nobody stopped him. I mean, there was nobody there that stopped him. They didn't, they didn't look at him. I don't know if they saw him. I mean, I think they would. The cashiers, everybody was standing there right in front as he stole the... But I thought it was an odd choice. Egg salad... And watermelon. I, I would go for more of the expensive stuff. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. There was a gruesome subway surfing accident last night. Are they going to finally take the Cuomo name off a Hudson River bridge? Governor DeSantis visits Staten Island as maybe he makes plans for a 2024 run. Mayor Adams making one last push to get the Democrats to hold their convention here. And the strangest thing went missing from a top of Veterans Hall on Long Island. WABC News Time coming up on 5.03. We bring in WABC's Alex Barnard. A 15-year-old died while subway surfing. Unfortunately, this seems to have come back. And Alex joins us with the latest details. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. Yes, it really is an unfortunate trend that we're seeing here. Uh, and this story really is quite gruesome. Uh, police say that around 6.55 yesterday evening, the 15-year-old victim was riding on top of a subway train as it was crossing the Williamsburg Bridge going into Brooklyn and when he was hit by a pole and uh, officials say that he died at the scene unfortunately now you grew up in the city was this something that you uh, desired to do uh, be a subway surfer <laughs> never but I do remember when I was about 13 years old there was a game called subway surfers that my parents made me delete from my <laughs> phone because they thought it would encourage me to do something like I that. remember that game subway surfer you know uh all of this I see, this is, tell me if I'm wrong, is because I'm flipping through my TikTok and it's all these, the ones that always, of course, catch my attention are the people who are doing semi-dangerous things like subway surfing. My guess is I don't know if this guy was doing that, but a lot of these teenagers are doing stuff like this. They're doing it for social media now. Right. It seems, and this is according to the NYPD that put out a statement last year saying that this has become an unfortunate trending issue 
in part fueled by social media, especially after there was an incident last December in which uh, a teen fell underneath a car and touched the third rail, same age as this victim here. Um, and this was near the Marcy Avenue station in Williamsburg. Um, we have some audio of New Yorkers speaking to uh, PIX11 about that incident. Extremely devastated to hear about this. It's uh, really hard to hear about things that happen in your neighborhood, especially when it just could be on a normal commute to work in the morning. And it, yeah, absolutely. It's a tragic thing that is unfortunately, like we said, being uh, partially fueled by social media, it would seem. Yeah, God awful. WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. Thank WABC you. Newstime 505. This has always been my fear. I'm somebody who sort of walks fast through the streets of New York City. And I've always had this thought, what if I were to fall? You know, when you stand on the very edge of the curb and those cars drive by 70 miles an hour uh, across Manhattan or whatever, wherever you are in the city, and you think, like, I always think if I were to trip... Uh, I could be run over. And this story has happened to this church pastor in Brooklyn, 50-year-old Arsalie Courtney. She was um, uh, uh, visiting some friends, and she's coming. She was the leader of the Emanuel Church of God in Flatbush, Brooklyn. She was leaving a nursing home on Ditmas Avenue on East 21st Street after visiting her mother and some friends. And uh, she tripped as she was crossing the street, and then a car hit her, and she was killed. There was so much more she wanted to do. So I think for all of us, it's just trying to now, like, continue the missions that she started. Yeah, a well-loved member of her church community. That is her son. Here's more from him. She was telling us for years, when are we having kids? When are we having kids? When are we having kids? So she was ecstatic, um, could not wait. Um so it's one of the one of the pieces that hurt hurts the most. I think my mother finally got her wish. She can be there for everyone at the same time. And um, I think that's what she's doing right now. Yeah. So the church asking for prayers as they process the loss. The the driver who hit her, it was just an accident. I mean, she fell at the perfect time that this car slammed into her. He stayed at the scene. Nobody is going to be charged. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. They cannot get a break in Turkey and Syria. Another earthquake yesterday, magnitude 6.3 earthquake shaking Turkey and Syria on Monday. Uh, two weeks after that massive 7.8 quick uh, killed tens of thousands of people in the same region. Uh, not getting a uh, toll of a lot of deaths there, but there were some people injured, a couple people killed in this. What I guess is it an aftershock or a separate earthquake? Not really clear. But uh, Monday's quake followed that devastating one from two weeks ago. As uh, people are still racing uh, to help people in who've been you know hurt by this earthquake. Lots of people out in the cold, home, homeless, hungry. Uh, lots of aid going there, so hopefully the aid that's going there is making to these people who are suffering there. WABC News Time 509. Let's bring it back home. Uber and Lyft drivers threatening to strike outside of LaGuardia Airport this weekend. The head of the New York Taxi Workers Alliance uh, says they plan on striking on Sunday if they don't get better of uh, fees and pay raises from Uber and Lyft. Uber and Lyft have believed that the drivers will never be able to come together and stand up to fight for what belongs to the drivers. But this is a new day. Yes, yeah, so what she's saying is that drivers are expected to refuse LaGuardia Airport fares from noon until midnight on Sunday. An Uber spokesman says that uh, New York drivers' earnings are up 41% since 2018, and uh, they don't think they deserve another raise right now.
WABC Newstime 510. A vigil taking place last night for the victims of last week's U-Haul rampage in Brooklyn. The wife of one of the victims who remains hospitalized says it's been very hard for her family. My kids keep asking, where's dad? I'm really confused. I really don't know what to say. Mayor Adams uh, was part of this vigil last night comforting people. One person was killed. Several others were injured when a U-Haul driver went off the road hitting cyclists, pedestrians and moped drivers. Still not really clear why he did it. WABC Newstime 510. NYPD looking for a man who vandalized one of those mitzvah mobiles. You know, the synagogue on wheels. Police Releasing video of a man writing the word Palestine on the outside of a mobile mitzvah tank. The van was parked near Broadway and Prince Street downtown. Hate Crimes Task Force is investigating. This is the same truck that apparently was vandalized back in October when someone writing the same thing on it. But police are so far not connecting the cases. WABC News Time 511. Getting more information on this god-awful head-on collision on Long Island over the weekend. Uh, the people involved identified now. The crash happened just before midnight over the weekend, Route 25, East Marion, near Truman Beach. Police say 47-year-old Heath Miller and 55-year-old William Price were traveling in a Tesla that apparently caught fire. And then they're not sure what sparked this fire, but they lost control of the car and they went head on into a 2020 Ford Explorer. And in that car were uh, an 80 year old uh, Peter Smith and 66 year old Patricia O'Neill. Both of them doctors. Uh, here's a friend of those two doctors who said when she got word of the accident, all four dead, uh, she was just uh, you know traumatized by the whole thing. I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. Quite frankly, it was devastating. Yeah, uh, this woman attended medical school with one of the doctors who was killed in this accident. They were both socially conscious individuals, okay? Their care for patients wasn't about making money as a physician. It was helping people and helping those who needed them most. Yeah, police saying the head-on collision was violent and at a high rate of speed. WABC News Time 512. New York City council member says he's not letting an arsonist get away with destroying a gay pride flag. Eric Botcher heading to Little Prince in Soho to replace a flag that was torched Sunday night into Monday. It was a gay pride flag set on fire. This flag is five times the size of the original flag. For the person who did this, their plan has backfired. Yeah, Botcher saying the gay community will not be intimidated. Police say a woman got out of a white four-door SUV, set fire to the flag that read, Make America Gay Again, and then got back into the car. Investigators looking for any information on that person and her getaway driver. Spring isn't far away, and boy, this has been the winter that hasn't been, right? I mean, we've gotten less than an inch of snow in New York City. But now some forecasters say there is a storm out west that could hit us. Millions of Americans are bracing for a major winter storm. Forecasters say after forming in the northwest, it will track to the east, bringing heavy snow and freezing rain to some areas. Major cities, including New York, Chicago, Detroit, Buffalo, and Boston, can expect a mix of snow, sleet, and freezing rain later in the week. Some forecasters say cold weather could be making a comeback as we go into March. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. Yeah, I can't really complain because we really haven't had 
had much cold weather. WABC News Time 514, George Santos, the Long Island congressman, doing interviews again. He was on Piers Morgan Uncensored talking about the lies that he told. And he said he had to. This was his explanation for telling all the lies that he told is that he had to. Or he said he wouldn't have gotten the Republican nomination out of Long Island. It was about tricking people. Let, let me finish. It wasn't about tricking the people. This was about getting accepted by the party here local. Yeah, he said he'd only get accepted if he made a lot of lies. And, well, apparently it worked because he is a congressman now. Uh, He also lied. Well, there's so many things. The list is so long. But Piers asked him about the fact that he lied about his mother being in the World Trade Centers during the 9-11 attacks. He claimed that his mother got out. Uh, Word is uh, that his mother was actually in Brazil at the time. Here's Piers. But there's no record that she was there that day at all. I stay con- and there's a record of every single person that was in both those towers. I stay convinced that. Yeah, he says his mother was there. Uh, Santos also uh, defended claims that he attended Horace Mann School, even though the school has no record. Uh, he defended his claims of having Jewish heritage. He's not backing off almost any of these lies. Some of them he's admitting to others. He's saying, no, they are true, even though we have lots of information to suggest otherwise. WABC News Time 515. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning, Justin Ellick. Good morning, Gnome Laden. We have ice hockey to get to, but the Rangers and Islanders were back on the ice last night. So let's start with our winners in the Isles. Who toppled the Penguins in Pittsburgh by a score of 4-2. to two. Down a goal in the third, Bo Horvat was able to knock things at two before Anders Lee gave New York the lead less than two minutes later. Ryan Pullock for Martin. He'll tip this one in. Jari gave it away to Horvat. Horvat centers. Martin backdoor for Lee. So we're out of this traffic and out of traffic oh, business. What a play okay. by Anders Lee. The Islanders' first lead of the night. That call courtesy of MSGSN. Brock Nelson out of the other two tallies for the Isles, including the empty netter to seal it with time dwindling. New York will return home next to welcome in the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow night. And speaking of those Winnipeg Jets, they took it to the Rangers last night at MSG, dominating throughout for the 4-1 to victory and effectively ending the Rangers' 10-game point streak. Vincent Trocek buried the lone biscuit for New York, and Igor Shosturkin finished his off night with just 17 saves, but the blue shirts, they still sit comfortably in third place of the Metropolitan Division and seven points behind the first place Hurricanes. Here was Trocek following the loss on the team's effort. That we played really well. There's just a few things that we still need to tighten up um, that created chances for them, kind of giving them chances, but yeah, every once in a while you got to tip your head to the goal in. Uh, the Rangers now get set to head uh, to hit the road, I should say, for a two-game road trip starting in Detroit on Thursday night again against the Red Wings. And looking ahead to hockey action tonight, you got the Devils to look forward to. They are set to welcome in the Montreal Canadiens for a 7 p.m. puck drop. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. It's the WABC early news. Governor Ron DeSantis was out on Staten Island yesterday. We'll hear from him. And the strange story out of Long Island where some artillery goes missing. That and more coming up. But first, let's check in. The market's closed yesterday, but they'll reopen today. Let's get the latest now from Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Hot January inflation data has Wall Street forecasting more rate hikes. The Dow Jones Industrials capping a losing week Friday. Investors looking for more insight into the Fed's rate plans this week. The January PCE 
price inflation index update comes Friday, investors are bracing for a sharp increase in the index. Retail earnings season kicks off this week. Walmart reports tomorrow the stock up more than a percent so far this year. And Wednesday, NVIDIA's fourth quarter update. Revenue forecast to be down nearly 20% from the previous quarter. Wall Street targeting a nearly 40% decline in profits year over year. NVIDIA showing signs of rebounding. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 520. All right, President Biden, yesterday as we were going on the air, we saw that the president had landed in Ukraine for a surprise visit with President Zelensky on one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion into Ukraine. He met with Zelensky, announced the U.S. is going to provide another half billion dollars in aid to the war-ravaged nation. That announcement includes artillery ammunition for HIMARS and howitzers, more javelins, anti-armor systems, air surveillance radars to help protect Ukrainian people from aerial bombardments. Yeah, the president saying he was there to show his unwavering commitment to Ukraine. None whatsoever about U.S. support for Ukraine in the war against the brutal attack by Russia. Yeah, so Zelensky, of course, uh, excited to have the president there. And, of course, the fact that he was coming with a half billion dollars in hand, I'm sure he was excited about that as well. Thank you for your leadership. Thanks, bipartisan support. Thanks, Congress. I think that is a historical moment for our, for our country. Yeah, so he snuck out, which is always amazing to me that a president can sneak out of the White House and make it all the way to Ukraine without anybody seeming to find out, right? And it's feel like there's so much has to be done, but he did. He also spent about four or five hours in Poland yesterday. Uh, we, you know, there's so much uh, made about the uh, migrants that have come here from the U.S. southern border. But do you remember a year ago when the war started in Ukraine, we said we were going to take in Ukrainian immigrants, people who were chased out of Ukraine. What was it, 700,000 within the first couple months? And not many in the end have come here, which has been awfully interesting. For the ones who have, they say life is pretty good. Now we say we have one life uh, before and now it's life after. That's Oshenka Mashenko. She has settled in the end in Los Angeles. Uh, she says her family is you know, doing okay. When we can uh, take apart uh, some uh, events, some uh, performance, it's helped me for my mental health. Yeah, she says things are good. Uh, she'd like to go home someday, but she says in the meantime, America's been pretty good to her. WABC News Time 522. Uh, Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, weighing in on the president's visit to Ukraine. He says uh, maybe the president should focus on things here in the U.S. before he flies off to help Ukraine. I and many Americans are thinking to ourselves, okay, he's very concerned about those borders halfway around the world. He's not done anything to secure our own border here at home. We've had millions and millions of people pour in. The governor making those comments at a pro-police rally on Staten Island yesterday. He took part in a number of 
pro-police rallies in a number of cities yesterday as he gets his agenda and name out there. Uh, he goes on to say there's bigger threats than Russia right now. The president should concentrate on the U.S. So I think Russia has been really, really wounded here. Um, and I don't think that they are the same threat to our country, even though they're hostile. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're on the same level as a China. Yeah. And then while he was here in New York, you might not be surprised to hear that he went after our bail reform laws, uh, attacking New York for failing New Yorkers. It was the safest big city probably in the world under Giuliani and under Bloomberg. And now that you've had crime spike, you have these officers, their lives are now more at risk because they have to risk their lives to put somebody away. But then the judge just releases them. Staten Island is Governor DeSantis, or was Governor DeSantis' first stop on this multi-city tour to showcase his pro-cop agenda as he gears up what's expected to be a 2024 White House run. My guess is that announcement is going to come relatively soon. WABC News Time 524 to what the governor was saying. A crime unsolved in Brooklyn. Police looking into the death of a 75-year-old man found inside in his home. Authorities say Donald Wallace discovered beaten to death at his home, West 23rd in the Cary Gardens neighborhood. Officers responding after receiving a 911 call. An autopsy shows the man died from blunt force trauma to the head. There have been no arrests. Police do not have a suspect description or a motive to release as of this morning. A new report showing that a record number of New York City students are missing school. According to the New York Daily News, more than 350,000 students were marked as chronically absent last year, which is the highest in nearly two years. There's only 1.1 million students in the New York City school system. So you have 350,000 of them that are chronically absent. That's sort of unbelievable. Officers, uh, uh, you know, truant officers have been out trying to find some of these kids, but not all of them are easy to find. There's not enough truant officers if you have 350,000 who are chronically absent. The uh, data showed students impacted the most were homeless children, non-English speaking, and students with disabilities. Students are considered chronically absent when they miss 10% of the school year. WABC News Time 525. Mayor Adams going to team up with the union that represents hotel workers to bring the Democratic National Convention to New York City. Welcome to New York. We've been waiting for you. The DNC belongs in NYC. The one minute television spot will start airing today in Washington, D.C. to get lawmakers' attention. The ad highlights the city's diversity, crisis management, showcasing its reliance on union workers. Uh, Back in July, officials appeared to the DNC to bring the convention to New York City, competing with Chicago and Atlanta. The one-minute television spot touts New York City's diversity and those union workers. We're a union town, labor-strong and worker-proud. Like New York, like the Democratic Party, we are diverse, but not divided. Yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out with the people who make that ultimate decision. It's the WABC Early News. There's this push to uh, rename the bridge, but for the most part, up until now, it's been on the part of Republicans who say, you know, they mm-hmm. don't, they hate Andrew Cuomo. And uh, look, he was shamed out of office. Nine women accusing him of sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. He left office uh, last August. So now they want to rename the bridge. But there's actually now, a, this morning, there's a Democrat on board. This guy, James Scofus, he's uh, out of Woodbury. 
and he says he wants the uh, Mario Cuomo name uh, taken down. And uh, here's some other lawmakers who are on board with him. He was a bully and a thug. And the way he went about things was, you know, uh, his way or the highway. The ex-governor managed to sneak in the changing of the name of the bridge uh, at 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, he did do that. As a, a ransom uh, for the final piece of budget legislation. Yeah, it was one. It wasn't a separate alone bill, Joe. It was like he just slammed it in with his other stuff. And so right. that's how he got it through. So the question is, do people really care about something like this? And do you think people mind that they're think about that when they're crossing the bridge that it's no. the Mario Cuomo bridge? No, I, I doubt it. I bet. Well, I bet some people do. Some people probably see the name and get very annoyed. <laughs> but, um, you know, I get the vast majority. I mean, there's so many other things going on in this world to worry about the name of the Tappan Sea Bridge, you know. Um, but I remember back in the day, boy, Bob Grant and uh, Governor Cuomo, the first Governor Cuomo, boy, they used to have battles. Yeah. Oh, they were epic battles. Great oh. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> crazy I, stuff. Yeah, you know, we we put a microphone, Joe, out on in Rockland County to ask people, do they want the name back to the Tappan Zee Bridge? Mm-hmm. I don't. What is Tappan Zee? Is that an Indian tribe or something? Like, I don't uh, know. You know what? I don't know. Oh. That's a really good question. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. Well, here's what these people said. I would like his name removed, absolutely. I'm comfortable keeping the name on the bridge. Mario Cuomo was a good governor, and I I see no reason to retract it just because of certain indignities of his son. Every time I pass and get on and I see the name, it bothers me. Bring it back to Tappan Zee. Personally, I mean, I think it's ultimately the arrogance of, you know, the Cuomo family that uh, changed it. Yeah. So I counted three people who wanted the name change and one who wanted to keep it the way it is. Mm. So I don't know if that's a good poll, but that's our little poll. All right. Thank you, Joe. The WABC Early News. Good morning. It is Tuesday, February 21st. I'm Noam Layden. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Rain today, high 48. Tonight and overnight, clear, low 35. Wednesday, clouds, afternoon showers, high 44. If you're walking out the door with us right now, you definitely need an umbrella because it is 39 and raining. So much to get to before we take you to sit in friends at 6 o'clock. Did you know that Dominic Carter cheated death on Sunday? Did you you heard about this uh, American Dream Mall? That's that mega mall that's next to uh, MetLife Stadium out in East Rutherford. Just this mall goes on forever. It's sort of like the Mall of America, maybe not as big, but just there's a ski slope there. There's a water park. There's an amusement park inside, and then there's a bunch of stores and restaurants as well. So Dominic was there with his grandkids on Sunday afternoon when all hell broke loose. So what happened? A decorative helicopter that was on the ceiling of the water park fell into a pool below. Uh, four people were hurt. Thankfully, none of them seriously injured. Neither was Dominic or his grandkids, thank God. But he was there when it all took place. All the lifeguards and security people were telling everyone to leave. Everyone was crying, shocked. And, like, everyone was trying to run out, trying to leave because they didn't know what was happening. Again, thankfully, all those uh, injuries were minor with lots of kids there. That's all you'd want to hear is that nobody was seriously hurt. Now, yesterday, they kept this water park closed as they tried to figure out what the heck happened. So far, they don't really know. But the mall officials say they're doing a thorough investigation to find out the cause of the incident and to make sure safety requirements are being met. 
WABC News Time is 535. A person of interest has been detained in the shooting death of a longtime bishop uh, at his home in California. No details have been released about the person, but a news conference promised today. The neighbors, this neighbor says it seems strange that Bishop David O'Connell wasn't following his usual routine on Saturday. He's the type of person that he's up early, puts the blinds open, makes sure the sun goes in. And about that time, he's out walking his dog. Never saw him come out to walk walk his dog. Yeah, so the person of interest may have just been there for money, may have thought he was owed money. It's not 100% clear, but he went after this bishop. Either he's not home or did he go somewhere? But we never thought that someone would come in here and, and kill the bishop. Yeah, man, who does that? WABC News Time 536. United Airlines says it's opening more seats to families traveling with kids under the age of 12. Maybe you've had this happen. I've had it happen to me where you go online and you want your kids to sit next to you, but then they charge like 80 bucks a ticket to get next to your kids, which always seems outrageous on top of the you know money you're paying for the airline ticket. So now United Airlines apparently is going to stop doing that. So if you have kids under 12, you won't have to pay that fee to have them sit next to you. Scott Keyes is the founder of Cheap Flight of the Flight Going uh, of the. Let me speak this right. Scott Keyes is the founder of the Cheap Flight site, and he says this is a good move on the part of United Airlines. It's not uncommon to see seat selection as much as fifty, sixty, or seventy dollars per person. And so if you're talking about a family of four, that can run well over $200 just to reserve your specific seats. I just went through this. I wanted to sit with my kids on our summer vacation. I had to pay all kinds of extra money. So the change applies to travelers with standard and economy tickets. It comes as Congress considers a ban on airline family seating fees, which is probably not a bad idea. Joe, I've been leaning on you already this morning. Uh I, I need your expertise again. Yes. So this New Jersey lawmaker yesterday came out. They're putting together the tourism campaign for Mm -hmm. New Jersey for the summer to get people Mm -hmm. to come here. Mm -hmm. So they broke New Jersey down into three sections, North Jersey, um, South Jersey, and a part of New Jersey that lots of people say does not exist, Central New Jersey. Okay, This has been like this age-old argument. I'm not sure where you grew up, but I grew up in Trenton, which would be right. Where central. central New Jersey yeah. is. And as a kid, we, I think we more aligned ourselves with Philadelphia. We were Eagles fans. We were right. Flyers fans, but we were definitely central New Jersey. So is there such thing as central New Jersey? Lots yes. of people say there's no such thing. Yes, there is. There's absolutely a thing called central New Jersey. And I, I grew up in Westfield, which is, uh, you know, right on the cusp <laughs> between central and north. <laughs> it's right on, if there is a line. I always used to say, um, the western part of Union County, Somerset, Hunterdon, and south is central down into the Trenton area. Then below that is where once people stop living there, it's South Jersey. And then up north, it's North Jersey. Right. <laughs> and then it's always done by pork roll, right? So you either call it yeah. tail ham or pork roll. That's another way to decide. That's another way to do it. And right. then, you know, a lot of silly other ways to do it, too. Yeah. But, I mean, New Jersey really is such a compartmentalized state anyway. You know, I mean, if you live in Bergen County, you never do anything in Middlesex County. <laughs> right. You know, I you mean. Know, you never even heard of Middlesex County. No, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, so this assemblyman, Roy Freeman, uh, he says he's with you. He says Mercer, Middlesex, Hunterton, and Somerset counties all have portions of it that can be considered central New Jersey. That's according to him. Mm. Yeah. I think the whole thing is central New Jersey, really, to be honest with you. But I guess you get up into the hills. See, that's why there's, like, no line, you know? I mean, there isn't, like, here's central. Yeah. Like, 78, a lot of people always used to say 78 was the line. Anything between 78 and, uh, I guess, Route 70 
in both directions would be uh, central. But I, I don't know. It, you know, some people down south, they're very proud of being from South Jersey. Right. You know? So, I mean, it's it's one of these weird things that uh, New Jersey is full of. Yeah, we got a lot of weird things in New Jersey. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, thank you, Joe. Yep. WABC News Time 541. While we're in New Jersey, three dead dolphins washing ashore at Sandy Hook Bay over the weekend. What is going on, right? We've had 11 whales. I've lost count. How many whales down the Jersey Shore, Long Island, that have washed up in the last uh, couple months? Dolphins confirmed to be common dolphins. The Marine Mammal Stranding Center took the dolphins for necropsies uh, uh, over the weekend. The result may take several weeks. The dolphin deaths, of course, come after the surge of whales washing up New York and New Jersey in recent months. Since the beginning of December, so let's see if this is right, nine whales have washed ashore. Uh, some people blame the offshore drilling that's going on to build these wind farms for wind energy. And they say that's what's pushing these animals ashore, that they're being spooked out or get lost or get hit by something. Um, the mayor of Point Pleasant uh, has called for a stoppage of the offshore wind projects, which actually at this point may make sense. Let's just figure it out if it's that or not. Uh, NOAA, the uh, federal agency which watches the oceans, says they've done a study and they say they do not believe the offshore wind farms have anything to do with why these whales are coming ashore. And they say you can go back to 2018 and there's been a surge of whales that have died and ended up on New Jersey and Long Island beaches. But such a high number in such a short period of time. Maybe we just chill things out for a little bit while we figure it out because, uh, you know, whales and dolphins, we love those animals and they're dying in numbers that we have not seen in a long time. WABC News Time 542. While we're talking about that, a sick four foot long alligator caught on Sunday in Brooklyn. Officials still looking for the person responsible. This thing four foot long. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a sizable. Uh, alligator. So the question was, did the person put the alligator in this pond in Prospect Park in the last couple of days? Did they someone put it there a year ago and it grew to that size? The thought is, is someone actually had this in their home until recently and then dropped it off. But nobody saw it until they saw this alligator floating in the water over the weekend. And people who jog and walk their dogs there every day just, you know, a little freaked out by the whole thing. I said, wow, that's a big, big one. I'm glad I didn't see it. <laughs> a friend of mine texted me an article. I texted her back, OMG, 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 because we walk here all the time. Four feet. We have so many other things to worry about. Now we got to worry about alligators. I just can't believe it. Yeah, a member of the Prospect Park maintenance staff spotted the gator near Duck Island in Prospect Park. The Parks Department says the alligator was lethargic, perhaps because of the cold. And so they did not have a rough time corralling this alligator. I'm sure you've seen videos where these alligators struggle and move around and flip over. That was not the case with this one. Immediately, it was an abusive situation for an animal. It wasn't really, um, you know, a crazy crazy crocodile wrestling incident where um, it was fighting her at all. And um, we also could, you know, lift it pretty easily as well because it wasn't moving very much. Can you imagine uh, animal control and you get a call and your animal control in New York City are used to, you know, having all kinds of animals, raccoons, skunks, 
uh, owls are looking for a house, but now they tell you there's an alligator. Uh, yeah, she was pretty surprised, but uh, thankfully it looks like this alligator is going to be okay. It's just really sad to see. It was very emaciated. Uh, luckily, we got it to Animal Care Center uh, pretty quickly, and they warmed it up, and it started moving, so that was a good sign. Yeah, and now the alligator is taken to the Bronx Zoo, where they think it's going to live out the rest of its life as they look for the person who put that alligator there. WABC News Time 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk and Justin Ellis. Well, thank you, know We will start in the ice, because that's what we had last night. Both the Rangers and Islanders were back on the ice, so we'll start with our winners in the Isles. They toppled the Penguins in Pittsburgh by a score of 4-2 to two. And down a goal in the third, it was Bo Horvat who was able to knock things at two before Anders Lee gave New York the lead less than two minutes later. Jari gave it away to Horvat. Horvat centers. Martin back door for Lee, and he scores! Oh, what a play by Anders Lee! The Islanders' first lead of the night. That call courtesy of MSGSN. Brock Nelson added the other two tallies for the Isles, including the empty netters. Seal it with time dwindling. And New York will now return home next to welcome in the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow night. And speaking of those Winnipeg Jets, they took it to the Rangers at MSG last night, dominating, uh, dominating throughout for the 4-1 to victory and effectively ending the Rangers' 10-game point streak. Vincent Trocek buried the lone biscuit for New York. And Igor Shosturkin finished his off night with just 17 saves. But the blue shirt still sit comfortably in third place of the Metropolitan Division and seven points behind the first place Hurricanes. Here was Trocek following the loss on the team's effort. That we played really well. Um, there's a few things that we still need to tighten up. Um, it created chances for them, kind of giving them chances, but yeah, every once in a while you got to tip your head to the goal and uh, Hellebuck played really well tonight. The Rangers now get set to uh, hit the road for a two-game road trip starting in Detroit on Thursday night against the Red Wings and looking ahead to hockey action tonight. The Devils back uh, in the in, in action, I should say. The Montreal Habs, the Canadians, will pay them a visit for a 7 p.m. puck drop. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Thank you very much, Justin. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The WABC Early News. Let's get you caught up on some of the stories you might have missed this morning. A 15-year-old killed while subway surfing on a train crossing the Williamsburg Bridge last night. Teen riding on the roof of a northbound J train heading across the bridge when he slammed his head on part of the structure, fell beneath the train, pronounced dead at the scene. The MTA halting J&M train service between Marcy Avenue and Delancey Street, the Essex Street station, for a couple hours uh, last night. Multiple teens have been severely injured or killed while subway surfing last year as incidents of this dangerous behavior continue to skyrocket. My guess, and some of this is the police will tell you as well, is due to social media. Uh, if you have these moments where you are subway surfing, standing on top of a train, boy, those videos do well on TikTok. I've seen them before. In fact, 
the Williamsburg Bridge one is a big one. I've seen a few of those, and and maybe uh, I'm playing into it. But if you look at those and you're scrolling through your TikTok, uh, those videos will have millions upon millions of views. But now the NYPD saying the subway surfing incidents where kids are riding on top of a train. You heard me right. They're standing on top of a subway as it's moving up 560 percent from January to May of 2022. 449 instances that the NYPD and MTA know of. That's only the ones they know of. But God, how awful is this? 15 year old kid. You know, when you're a teen, you think you're invincible, but you're not. And uh, he was killed last night while subway surfing on the, the Williamsburg Bridge. WABC News Time 551. Also, the story about a church pastor crossing the street, hit and killed by a car. She just tripped when you're waiting at that corner for the cars uh, that are whizzing by. Well, she tripped and fell into the path of a car. 50 year old Arsali Courtney, beloved leader of the Emmanuel Church of God in Flatbush. She had just left a nursing home visiting her mother on uh, East 21st Street in Brooklyn in Flatbush when she tripped in what was like a pothole in the road and then was struck by this uncommon car. The driver stayed at the scene, not going to be charged. Uh, they could not stop in time. Uh, here's her son. There was so much more she wanted to do. So I think for all of us, it's just trying to now like continue the missions that she started an awful part of the story she leaves behind a husband three kids her first grandkid is due in just a few months she was telling us for years when are we having kids when are we having kids when are we having kids so she was ecstatic um could not wait um so it's one of the one of the pieces that hurt hurts the most i think my mother finally got her wish she can be there for everyone at the same time and um i think that's what she's doing right now yeah so funeral arrangements now being made while of course a profound loss for that church uh, they're expected to have a joyous celebration of her life in the coming days and uber and lyft drivers threatening to strike outside of LaGuardia airport this week and they say it's all about pay they say uber and lyft just not paying them enough and they want pay raises and says they say part of that will be an action on Sunday where they will not take people from or to LaGuardia. Uber and Lyft have believed that the drivers will never be able to come together and stand up to fight for what belongs to the drivers. But this is a new day. Drivers expected to refuse LaGuardia airport fares from noon until midnight next Sunday. An Uber spokesman uh, saying that the driver's earnings are up 41 percent since 2018. And they say there's no raise coming anytime soon. WABC News Time is up 553. Have you been playing pickleball? It is the fastest soaring sport in the U.S. You know, the popularity of the sport skyrocketing. It's kind of, if you haven't played it before, it's kind of like playing tennis on top of a ping pong table. That's the best way to describe it. And you can't get near a court in the tri-state area. You can't get near a court in the rest of the country, for that matter. It's just so popular. In fact, yesterday, when it was so beautiful outside, I passed the tennis courts near my house, and people were playing pickleball on them. They weren't playing tennis. So uh, now they're starting to build indoor pickleball courts, and you can't even get no time on those. Uh, Lifetime, which is on 11th and 42nd Street, they now have a bubbled pickleball court, which is sort of amazing. I think it's very unique in the sense that anybody can play. Yeah. Age is never an issue. I will say that. The great thing about it is if you show up to these courts, it's four people. 
right? So it's four people to play the game, and it's all ages. It really is. I, I, when I go and play once in a while, it's uh, senior citizens on one side of the court and the guy who's 20 on the other side of the court. I love to bring pickleball to all of the United States. Uh, it is the most amazing sport. When I saw the sport and I got involved with it, I realized this will be the most participated the sport in America within so many years. Yeah, yeah, I think it's almost there. WABC News Time 554. Are you one of those people who screams at people when they show up at your door to take off their shoes before they walk into your house? Uh, and Or maybe you're one of those people who hates when people do that. But now there's a new study out that says you probably should tell people to take off their shoes before they walk into your house. It's a study done by Marymount College. Uh, took to the streets of the Upper East Side and tested, sampled, tested those little pools of water. Not the big ones that you wouldn't step in, but the ones that you would step through as you cross the street. And yeah, there's uh, dog poop and all kinds of crazy stuff that you wouldn't want to track into your house. Uh, here's uh, one of the members of the study team at Marymount College that says, yeah, shoes in the house is not good because you're bringing that stuff in. The most novel thing about our study is that people are tracking these things indoors on their shoe soles. We found astonishing levels of enterococci, which are a fecal indicator bacterium. Yeah, enterococci just <laughs> doesn't sound good. Chemistry professor Eris, uh, Asandra Leary there co-authored this study. She's students took samples from sidewalks in the East 70s, as well as carpets and uncarpeted floors in homes on the Upper East Side, and they found all that fecal matter there. And they say it was so intense that if you were to transfer that fecal matter into like a swimming pool or in an ocean, they would shut it down immediately. 30,000 bacterial cells per 100 milliliter of water. The EPA will has a benchmark that cities use to close beaches, and that benchmark is 110 cells per 100 milliliters of water. Yeah, so yesterday I was walking around the city. I, normally I would just wouldn't even think about walking through some little puddle of water, but <laughs> I walked around it. We look for puddles where there's no evidence of feces, no residue, so they appear to be on sidewalks surfaces that are not fouled. Yes, if you're in a house with kids that are crawling around, you definitely want to start taking off your shoes. The WABC Early News. Let's get you caught up on some of the stories you might have missed this morning. A 15-year-old killed while subway surfing on a train crossing the Williamsburg Bridge last night. Teen riding on the roof of a northbound J train heading across the bridge when he slammed his head on part of the structure, fell beneath the train, pronounced dead at the scene. The MTA halting J&M train service between Marcy Avenue and Delancey Street, the Essex Street station, for a couple hours uh, last night. Multiple teens have been severely injured or killed while subway surfing last year as incidents of this dangerous behavior continue to skyrocket. My guess, and some of this is the police will tell you as well, is due to social media. Uh, if you have these moments where you are subway surfing, standing on top of a train, boy, those videos do well on TikTok. I've seen them before. In fact, the Williamsburg Bridge one is a big one. I've seen a few of those, and, and maybe uh, I'm playing into it. But if you look at those and you're scrolling through your TikTok, uh, those videos will have millions upon millions of views. But now the NYPD saying the subway surfing incidents where kids are riding on top of a train. You heard me right. They're standing on top of a subway as it's moving. 
up 560% from January to May of 2022. 449 instances that the NYPD and MTA know of. That's only the ones they know of. But God, how awful is this? 15-year-old kid, you know, when you're a teen, you think you're invincible, but you're not. And uh, he was killed last night while subway surfing on the, the Williamsburg Bridge. WABC News Time 551. Also, the story about a church pastor crossing the street, hit and killed by a car. She just tripped. When you're waiting at that corner for the cars uh, that are whizzing by, well, she tripped and fell into the path of a car. 50-year-old Arsali Courtney, beloved leader of the Emanuel Church of God in Flatbush. She had just left a nursing home visiting her mother on uh, East 21st Street in Brooklyn in Flatbush when she tripped in what was like a pothole in the road and then was struck by this uncommon car. The driver stayed at the scene, not going to be charged. Uh, they could not stop in time. Uh, here's her son. There was so much more she wanted to do. So I think for all of us, it's just trying to now like continue the missions that she started an awful part of the story she leaves behind a husband three kids her first grandkid is due in just a few months she was telling us for years when are we having kids when are we having kids when are we having kids so she was ecstatic um could not wait um so it's one of the one of the pieces that hurt hurts the most. I think my mother finally got her wish. She can be there for everyone at the same time. And um, I think that's what she's doing right now. Yeah, so funeral arrangements now being made while, of course, a profound loss for that church. Uh, they're expected to have a joyous celebration of her life in the coming days. And Uber and Lyft drivers threatening to strike outside of LaGuardia Airport this week. And they say it's all about pay. They say Uber and Lyft just not paying them enough. And they want pay raises. And says they say part of that will be an action on Sunday where they will not take people from or to LaGuardia. Uber and Lyft have believed that the drivers will never be able to come together and stand up to fight for what belongs to the drivers. But this is a new day. Drivers expected to refuse LaGuardia airport fares from noon until midnight next Sunday. An Uber spokesman uh, saying that the driver's earnings are up 41 percent since 2018. And they say there's no raise coming anytime soon. WABC News Time is uh, 5.53. Have you been playing pickleball? It is the fastest soaring sport in the U.S. You know, the popularity of the sport skyrocketing. It's kind of, if you haven't played it before, it's kind of like playing tennis on top of a ping pong table. That's the best way to describe it. And you can't get near a court in the tri-state area. You can't get near a court in the rest of the country, for that matter. It's just so popular. In fact, yesterday, when it was so beautiful outside, I passed the tennis courts near my house, and people were playing pickleball on them. They weren't playing tennis. So uh, now they're starting to build indoor pickleball courts and you can't even get uh, time on those uh, lifetime which is on 11th and 42nd street they now have a bubbled pickleball court which is sort of amazing i think it's very unique in the sense that anybody can play yeah. age is never an issue i will say that the great thing about it is if you show up to these courts it's four people Right. So it's four people to play the game and it's all ages. It really is. When I go and play once in a while, it's uh, senior citizens on one side of the court and the guy who's 20 on the other side of the court. I love to bring pickleball to all of the United States. Uh, It is the most amazing sport. When I saw the sport and I got involved with it, I realized this will be the most 
participated the sport in America within so many years. Uh, yeah, I think it's almost there. WABC News Time 554. Are you one of those people who screams at people when they show up at your door to take off their shoes before they walk into your house? Uh, and Or maybe you're one of those people who hates when people do that. But now there's a new study out that says you probably should tell people to take off their shoes before they walk into your house. It's a study done by Marymount College. Uh, took to the streets of the Upper East Side and tested, sampled, tested those little pools of water. Not the big ones that you wouldn't step in, but the ones that you would step through as you cross the street. And yeah, there's uh, dog poop and all kinds of crazy stuff that you wouldn't want to track into your house. Uh, here's uh, one of the members of the study team at Marymount College that says, yeah, shoes in the house is not good because you're bringing that stuff in. The most novel thing about our study is that people are tracking these things indoors on their shoe soles. We found astonishing levels of enterococci, which are a fecal indicator bacterium. Yeah, enterococci just <laughs> doesn't sound good. Chemistry professor Aris, uh, Sandra Leary there co-authored this study. She's students took samples from sidewalks in the East 70s, as well as carpets and uncarpeted floors in homes on the Upper East Side. And they found all that fecal matter there. And they say it was so intense that if you were to transfer that fecal matter into like a swimming pool or in an ocean, they would shut it down immediately. 30,000 bacterial cells per 100 milliliter of water. The EPA will has a benchmark that cities use to close beaches, and that benchmark is 110 cells per 100 milliliters of water. Yeah, so yesterday I was walking around the city. I, normally I would just wouldn't even think about walking through some little puddle of water, but <laughs> I walked around it. We look for puddles where there's no evidence of feces, no residue, so they appear to be on sidewalks surfaces that are not fouled. Yes, yeah, so if you're in a house with kids that are crawling around, you definitely want to start taking off your shoes. WABC News Time 557, traffic, transit, and weather on the 7s. Here's Joe Nolan. Well, starting out on the Van Wyke on the northbound side, right by the Long Island Expressway. Again, that accident, one lane going to be out of service. Now, if you're traveling on the Major Deegan Expressway, as you come southbound, getting on at East 233rd Street, on that on-ramp, there is an accident down light pole on the entrance ramp. It's still there, still in the process of being cleared. Now, these problems in Nassau County, westbound on the northern state, coming into Glen Cove Road. That one is out of the way, and things will start to ease, I would imagine, pretty quickly. But on the LIE on the westbound side at Glen Cove Road, still that crash again. Two lanes are out as you head through there. George Washington Bridge now on the outbound side. Once you get on the I-95, the local lane's an accident. That's in the left lane right at exit 70. And then on the Jersey Turnpike down in Robbinsville in central New Jersey as you travel southbound at Route 33, an accident. That one all off on the shoulder. Now up at Tappan Zee Bridge, 45 is the posted speed limit. If you're traveling in the rest of Jersey, actually doing pretty well. Uh, coming inbound on 80 and 280 and 287. Inbound at the Hudson River crossings. Again, if you're heading inbound on the Holland Tunnel, use the Turnpike Extension at this point. Looks like it's going to be a little bit better for you than coming inbound via the Skyway. And then also on 80 and 287 and 280 and all that up north, all moving along at a pretty good rate in mass transit. Everybody so far so good, including the subways. They are running right on or close to schedule. Today's weather forecast looks like this. It's going to rain most of the day. I-48. Then more rain later tonight the low 35 and then tomorrow mostly sunny in the morning then a wintry mix in the afternoon 
The high will be right around 46 degrees. And then on Thursday, more rain, a 50% chance of rain. The high will be 45 degrees. It's 40 degrees right now in Central Park. I'm Joe Nolan. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC News Time 558. Before we go to the Sid and Friends studio, the strange story out of Long Island has people scratching their heads. A World One World War One German machine gun has gone missing from the top of a DFW hall. And uh, nobody knows how they could have taken this thing down. Weighs a hundred pounds. Uh, it wouldn't work because it's been decommissioned, but it's missing. We respect the, the piece of equipment, uh, and, and and it was it was taken, and it, it, it hurts. They had to come with a truck. They had to come with a, an extension ladder. They had to come with a, a rope or a chain. I mean, it's not a. A light piece of equipment. So this thing's worth about $20,000. You wouldn't be able to sell it, though. This is in Bayshore. And so now they're looking for this machine gun's gone missing. They think may it have to do with the fact that All's Quiet on the Western Front, that movie, is uh, popular. And people might have seen that. And maybe they saw the gun, made the connection. That gun is in that movie. I mean, that's what the Germans used. Yeah, so uh, so far they haven't been able to find it. Always happy to spend this 5 o'clock hour with you. We'll do it all over again tomorrow.